0: APU. American Public University is proud to present Exploring STEM.
1: Hello, my name is Dr. Bjorn Mercer, and today we're talking with Dr. Stacey Malinowski, Associate Dean in the School of Health Sciences. And today we're talking about sepsis awareness. Welcome, Stacey.
0: Hi, Bjorn. Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent. Important topic. So let's just jump into it. So, what is sepsis and why should we be talking about it today?
0: That's a great question. So, most people don't know what it is. So, sepsis is actually your body's response to an infection, but it's like your body's response to an infection on steroids. Okay. It is this, this overwhelming systemic response. It infects all of your body systems. And it's actually the number one healthcare cost in the United States, like $65 billion a year. And it has a very high mortality rate, like four out of every 10 people who develop sepsis unfortunately die from it, but it's something that nobody knows about.
1: And from our conversation, you said it's preventable. And so how can people reduce their chances of developing sepsis from an infection?
0: So what happens is you start off with your infection. This could be any kind of infection. It could be bacterial, a parasite, it could be a virus and your body can't fight it effectively. So the main strategy is to do those simple things you would do to prevent any type of infection. So we're talking very basic, good hand hygiene, kill those bacteria, getting vaccinated, to prevent viral infections. If you do have an infection and see the doctor and they give you antibiotics, I cannot stress the importance enough of finishing the whole course of antibiotics because if you don't, that infection can come back worse and it can lead to sepsis. If you go to the doctor and they tell you you have a viral infection, please do not ask them for antibiotics because it won't work and it's not going to help. So, good hand hygiene, getting vaccinated, seeking medical attention when you do have an infection that needs medical assistance. Those are just some of the things we can do to prevent sepsis from occurring.
1: And that's excellent. And this is a layman question. Are you more likely to get sepsis in the hospital or at home as you're fighting something? Or does it not matter?
0: I guess it really doesn't matter. There are certain people who are more likely to get it. For example, if you have a weakened immune system, if you're elderly, if you're a child or an infant, if you are immunocompromised because you're on chemotherapy because you have cancer, you could get it at home from an infection. You could get it if you're in the hospital from an infection. I will say as an ICU nurse, most of the time patients are coming in with it. And it seems to be one of the most common diagnoses. A lot of the times it's from a urinary tract infection that people didn't treat. And it gets worse to the point of sepsis where their organs start shutting down. It's very scary.
1: Yeah. And I've recently discovered, I did to know this because I'm not medical, that urinary tract infections can be, I guess, a little more sneaky in older folks, if that makes sense. I'm not using any of the right terms.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're absolutely right. And what we usually see is it's one of the main causes of confusion in the elderly, and we don't notice urinary tract infections in the elderly until they become confused. We don't know it's a UTI at that point. They get confused, they come to the hospital. Their early sepsis, that came from a urinary tract infection. But there's lots of reasons. Bodily changes in older age, dehydration, incontinence issues in older age. So yeah, we do tend to see UTIs more in the older population.
1: Yeah. And I can see how with, and I should say maybe quite older, maybe 80 plus I mean, any age is plus or minus, whatever. (laughs) But if you have an elderly parent or an elderly friend, to make sure to observe them, to make sure that if you do see something, to talk to them and maybe get them to the doctor because of this potential risk.
0: Right, exactly. So that brings up a good point. Like, how do you know when it's time to see the doctor, right? Like, if you have an infection of any sort. So, you know, I like mnemonics and I have one for this one too. So the mnemonic for when you should see the doctor, it's actually time. So T-I-M-E. So with sepsis, the T stands for temperature. So if somebody's got a really high temperature or if they actually have a temperature that's much lower than usual, that's one sign you could be headed for trouble. The I is for infection. So in many cases, people may know they have an infection, but it's really, really mild. Like they have a cold, which actually now has turned into pneumonia. They had a cut that they didn't think too much about on their leg. It looked a little red, but it's gotten into their bloodstream. M is for mental decline. This is where your confusion come in. So this could be they're straight up confused. They might just be very drowsy, sleepy, hard to wake them up. And the E is for extremely ill. They just seem far more ill than they should be for having that scratch on their leg or for having that urinary tract infection. They might have shortness of breath or they might have really severe pain or just something that doesn't make sense for what seemingly is going on.
1: And that's great. I always love little things to help, so time. <laughs> and I think this has proven that unfortunately males are less likely to get help than females. I think it any age. And so if you do see any of that, or if you do have an infection, especially, you know, like you said, where you have an infection and it gets in your bloodstream, then that's a serious issue.
0: It is. So, you know, you'll hear, especially older people talk about blood poisoning or hear that term. And some people think, you know, they'll confuse sepsis with blood poisoning. And I guess it is a type, but it could be, you know, more than the blood, the urinary tract, the skin, it could come from any source. But once it gets into your bloodstream, it's very hard to treat. Very, very hard to treat. And unfortunately, we're seeing more bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics. So we have to throw a lot of different things at these bugs to try to fight them, especially while we're trying to figure out exactly where it came
1: from. Yeah. And that goes back to when you said if you have different types of infections or if you have a viral infection, I believe that just goes away. There's nothing you can do about it. Yes, You have to be sick. You just have to let it run its course versus I think a lot of people will think, oh, antibiotics will fix everything. But in reality, because antibiotics do fix so much, like you said, the bugs now are being more antibiotic resistant. Is that the correct term?
0: Yeah, they're morphing, you know, just as COVID, right? We have all these different strains emerging. These bacteria, these viruses, they get very smart and survival of the fittest they learn how to mutate and change and so the antibiotics that we originally created to fight that bacteria they don't work anymore and now we've got to find a different one because they change they change in their cellular structure
1: yeah, and I think that's one thing maybe that people realize because of COVID is that uh, viruses and diseases change. I think that's kind of obvious, but then we forget it because we think science can fix everything. But oftentimes, or I should say almost all the time, science is catching up because we have to recognize something before we can try to fix it. And by recognizing it means that it's already in someone.
0: <laughs> right, and I, I do think it's kind of scary because I've, yeah, I've been a nurse for over 20 years. And we've it feels like at least slowly have seen these different bacteria change. And we've seen these drug resistant organisms start to emerge, but it feels like it's been rather slow and we've identified the problem, been able to kind of play catch up and work on it. But then like we see with COVID, how rapidly it just kept changing and morphing, you know, like we see with the flu virus every year too, it's always changing. There's so many different strains. We never know how to effectively treat All of them were the most virulent at that time because you just don't know. It feels to me like things are shifting much more rapidly than they have in the past.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the overconfidence of being a contemporary human is that we think that, hey, we're alive. We're not going to die because of a virus or a disease when so many previous generations of humans had to constantly battle survival. And we should never assume (laughs) that we will always win with medical or science when we just really need to always be careful and be as healthy as possible.
0: Yeah. And you just don't know. And so that just goes with any you know, the washing the hands, getting your vaccines, staying in shape, having a healthy immune system by eating well, getting exercise, all those basic principles, all those things we know we should be doing on a regular basis. Really? I mean, that's our best defense against anything, really.
1: Oh, for sure. And today we are speaking with Dr. Stacey Malinowski. I'll be right back after a short break.
0: At American Public University, we believe higher education is not one size fits all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at
1: AmericanPublicU.com. And we are back with Dr. Stacey Malinowski. And so this leads us to the last question. Are certain people more likely to develop sepsis than others?
0: So we always have groups of individuals that are more prone to more severe infections. So I think anybody who's immunocompromised, that be your patients on chemotherapy. The young, the elderly, it could be diabetic patients, patients that have a lot of other health problems. So the key being, you need to try and stay as healthy as you possibly can. So, back to the hand washing, the diet, the exercise, preventing getting the infection in the first place. But if you have an infection or suspect you do and it's not getting any better, you really should follow up with a medical provider.
1: And that's excellent. And I think, like we've talked many times in our podcasts, uh, is just try to be as healthy as possible. If you struggle getting exercise in your routine, find it. There's ways you can find time to exercise several times a week. And as far as diet goes, you know, diet shouldn't be, I'm on a diet, but having a healthy habit of eating, where you're eating a good balance of vegetables, a good balance of lean fats, a good balance of carbs. And just to ensure that whatever you're doing and whatever you're putting in your body is nutritionally rich in the sense that it's good whole foods and they're valuable foods for your body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can't overstate the importance of that diet rich in fruits and vegetables, the antioxidants, all of the vitamins, the things that are going to support
1: that healthy immune system. Exactly. So absolutely wonderful uh, conversation today. Any final words about sepsis awareness?
0: Just remember time. Uh, remember temperature too high, too low. If you know you have some sort of infection, that M for mental confusion. Somebody's too drowsy. And then E, extremely ill. Somebody just seems far more sick than they should be for what they have going on.
1: Excellent. So always remember time. And today we are speaking with Dr. Stacey Malinowski about sepsis awareness. Thank you, Stacey, for an absolutely wonderful conversation. And my name is Dr. Bjorn Mercer, and thank you for listening.
0: For more information about our university, visit us at studyatapu.com. APU, American Public University.